good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it is when you're listening to this. Do you feel like Indigo Traveler, you know how he says that, like, um, you know how his little closeout every time is like, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, you know what yeah. I mean, or whatever it is? Good morning, good afternoon, good yeah, evening, like that. yeah, yeah, that's good, I like that. Yeah. Anyways. Because I know there's some of some of you that listen to it at night, some of you that do it in the morning, so Hello good to night and good morning, whatever. Something cool like that. Anyway, we're uh, John chapter 7 today, and if you haven't listened to the other Johns, go back and listen to them. Because then this will make more sense. Yep. There's kind of, no, I guess there's kind of like a cadence to him. I don't, I haven't really gone back, I don't listen to him, so. He doesn't listen to anything with his voice yeah. in it. I don't. Because he's weird. It so much. Anyway, enough about me. Let's go ahead and start this thing, but go ahead and take a minute to say a prayer before we start. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you, um, if you have questions, you have concerns, you just need someone to talk to, you need some counsel, hit us up. Brandon will be there for you all day long. I am too, but he's the one that like knows all the things and has all the answers. So <laughs> usually we just go to him. But um, seriously, though, our family is available to you and your family every single day if you need anything at all. So go to APHomeChurch.com, all the ways to contact us. Everything is on there. More about us, our story, all that good stuff if you're new um, and trying to figure out who these weird people are that are talking to you. <laughs> um, it's all on there. Yeah. Yeah, if you're new, you might want to go back and a lot of things may sound weird and out of place if you if you don't know. We usually go think about things a little different. Yeah, a little bit different. So anyway, all right. Well, John chapter seven starts. I love this chapter for many reasons. It's I it's one that I often point people to when they discuss having a rough time with Christianity. They're they're receiving a lot of backlash from family from you know from friends and uh, some people are even suffering at the hands of family because of Christ mm -hmm. and John chapter 7 this chapter is a chapter that I often point people towards and say yep it's gonna happen because <laughs> mm -hmm. it did to Jesus yeah so, so if he wasn't immune to it what makes you think you're gonna be immune to it yeah. so we'll go ahead and just start and we can see here how he dealt with it and what he said about it. So verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. This, that, this festival of shelters occurs in September, October. And this is the festival that the Jews celebrate as God's faithfulness to the Israelites in the wilderness mm -hmm. in, in taking care of them. So that was the, the festival that that they were celebrating then. Which is interesting because it's six months after Passover, which is what was in John 6, 4. Yes, and there's also something else coming up with that that I'll point out to you here in just a second. So continuing in verse 3. And Jesus' brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles. You can't be famous if you hide like this. If you could do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. They are completely, I mean, these are guys that lived with him for the past 30 years. And they still have no clue who he is. 
they're still doubting it. They're saying, if you can do this stuff, if this is, go out there and show them. Well, and mind you, he wanted to stay out of Judea right. in this whole point. And this certain Jewish festivals required your attendance right. in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, right. For, and then see verse 5, for even his brothers didn't believe in him. Verse 6, Jesus replied, now is not the right time for me to go, but you can go anytime. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. I'll come back to that one. You go on. I'm not going to the festival because my time has not yet come. After saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. Okay. Um, spoiler alert. In verse 10, Jesus goes to the festival. Yeah. But. He doesn't miss it. Notice that his coming is delayed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go right away. He doesn't go right away. His coming is delayed. Okay. The present tense of the wording there in the original language is closer to I am not going I am not now going mm -hmm. is what it could be so it wasn't that he said um, you know it wasn't a lie or a mistake or anything by John he just it just means that his brothers also wanted him to go up to the festival and prove to them who he was and his hour had not yet come it was not time for him to go into judea and and make this sort of claim yet so that's also plays into jesus saying that he's not going and then does go all right and then i wanted to go i read past it but i wanted to go back up to verse seven and go over that because verse seven there this one is this one's huge that's a highlightable verse <laughs> The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. Okay, he tells his brothers, the world can't hate you because they don't believe in him. Okay, So if you don't believe in Jesus, the world won't hate you. Yeah. As soon as you believe in Jesus, guess what, guess happens. what happens? It hates you. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you accuse it of doing evil. Because the world just being the world is doing evil. Like Right. People and, run across these things, and they're like, well, it's not that bad. Right. And we, and, and this shows how much of a separation that you should have between yourself and the world. Mm -hmm. Because the, the world hates you. And you, as a Christian, now this is Jesus talking, sure, but in, in the idea of Christianity, you accuse the world of doing evil and you separate yourself from that yeah. so there's a there should be this violent separation between christian between your life as a christian and the world yes because you wouldn't have any other relationship with something that hates you and is trying to kill you would you no absolutely not that would be like the, the that's the like the purest form of like a toxic relationship yeah. you could possibly think of but yet yeah. we entertain that when we entertain the world right. all the time and nobody thinks a thing of it right makes no sense all right so continuing back in 10 now that i jumped all over the place sorry mm -hmm. but after his brothers left for the festival jesus also went though secretly staying out of public view the jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him there was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued, he's a good man. 
But others said, he's nothing but a fraud who deceives people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of giving, getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. That makes us no different than, than any of us today that won't speak up boldly for Christ or that are afraid to. And you, or our systems today that discourage you in every way, shape, or form to do that. Right. All right. So verse fourteen. Then midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained? They asked. Jesus didn't go to seminary. How can he talk about these? What things? the heck? He didn't go to Shiva. He didn't have a doctorate in theology. Mm-hmm. They go, yeah, but he was God. <laughs> okay, yes, but he also learned like a human. Yeah. He didn't have some supernatural mind powers that made him just have all knowledge when he was a child. I mean, yeah, he's Jesus, but as a he, he lived a normal human life as a child. So verse 16, so Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or merely my own. And that's how you test any, any teacher that you come across. Mm -hmm. Anything. You know when you hear something, if it weighs with scripture, you're good. If it doesn't, flee from it. Well, and that's been the point that we come back to with this apostasy series and, you know, the heretic hours and stuff. If you take someone's teaching, you have to weigh it with the totality of Scripture, right. not just a few cherry-picked verses here and there. And when you start to see things, you know, so some people have asked, well, that teacher, do you just not like them just because of this right. or just because that? And it's like, no. Maybe it's just one thing that stands out. Right. But once you start listening and you start looking, you start seeing a domino effect. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to ignore one piece of scripture you'll ignore more mm-hmm. that's where it, it all it's mm-hmm. it all falls apart yeah all right, where are we at verse 18 mm-hmm. those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves but a person who seeks to honor to honor the one who sent him speaks truth not lies Moses gave you the law but none of you obeys it in fact you were trying to kill me the crowd replied, you're demon-possessed. Who's trying to kill you? <laughs> Jesus replied, I did one miracle on Sabbath and you were amazed. He's probably talking about healing right there. But you work on the Sabbath too when you obey Moses' law of circumcision. Actually, this tradition of circumcision began with the patriarchs long before the law of Moses. For if the correct time for circumcising your son falls on the Sabbath, you go ahead and do it so as to not break the law of Moses. So why should you be angry with me for healing a man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. All right, this goes into that. I should, I, I'm pretty sure, maybe I did. If I didn't, I hope I did. Brought this up in the Judge Not podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Anyway, what Jesus says here. Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. You don't, uh-uh, Jesus says, judge you not. don't judge surface judgments at all. It's what's underneath, just what's like in the heart. Just like going, where did this guy come from? 
All right, 25. Some of the people who lived in Jerusalem started to ask each other, isn't this the man they're trying to kill? <laughs> but here he is speaking publicly, and they say nothing to him. Could our leaders possibly believe that he is the Messiah? But how could he be? For we know where this man comes from. When the Messiah comes, he will simply appear. No one, no one will know where he comes from. That's based off of a misunderstanding that the Jews had even before Jesus came, obviously, that they were teaching. They, they weren't sure. Some taught that he would just appear like that, and some were very adamant about him coming from Bethlehem, like it talks about in Micah. I mean, even now, if you look at the things that different rabbis are teaching, you can get a few different opinions and ideas as to where the Messiah is coming from, where to be looking for the Messiah, how the Messiah is going to come. I mean, there's there's a few different school of thoughts mm-hmm. out there, you know, kind of in this this belief. So, and look at the way, you know, with Christianity, there's so many different, you know, branches and belief systems and things like that. So it only would make sense that within the religious Jews, um, you know, of Jesus's time, that some would believe one way and others would believe a different way. Right. It's, I've heard some teachers before say that they'll use, well, why don't we go look back to what the, the first century Jews believed? I'm like, which ones? There's Which ones? That's like a Neapolitan of, of mm. views on give a, you know, why do you think you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Yeah. They were completely different. Those were just two prominent Orthodoxies. ones. Like they weren't Yeah, the I mean, they were complete, only. but they were completely different. Well, in Jewish I mean, eschatology today, I mean, because you study and listen to mm-hmm. a few different rabbis, and it's oh, interesting gosh. to see. Oh, they I mean, are all over the map. Yeah. I challenge you to find, like, two rabbis that believe the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that is amazing. It, yeah. It's just, there's so many different, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it just blows my mind. And it's, it just seems so easy. But I feel like me. we get this idea that Jews as a whole pretty much believe the same thing. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, that's like saying Christians all believe the same right. thing. It's like, yeah, in a sense. I mean, you do. But I know it wasn't until you started really listening um, and watching lectures and stuff of various rabbis and different things that it was like, wow, y'all are all over the map. They you are. Know, with that. They are. It's, it's fascinating. But Anyways. All right. Verse 28. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he called out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I come from, but I'm not here on my own. The one who sent me is true, and you don't know him. Well, geez, that's not very Christian like Jesus. You're supposed to be loving and kind and nice. He just told his own people that they don't know God. Because You know why? Because they're rejecting Jesus. They're saying all these things. The world is coming against Christ. And he's going, you don't know him. You think you do. But you don't. You don't. You're sitting here in the temple. So you're going through the motions. Mm -hmm. But you don't know me. First John. That's where he says you're a liar. Yep, you're a liar. 29. But I know him because I come from him. And he sent me to you. Then the leaders tried to arrest him. But no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. There wasn't going to be one dang thing that didn't happen to him until he completed his full mission. It did not matter. That shows complete sovereignty over the whole situation. Mm -hmm. But you know how we have those times in our life where, like, ridiculous things happen? Like, you think back on just real dumb stuff you've done, Mm -hmm. and you're like, man, it should have all been over right then and there. 
I did not deserve. Like I was right in the perfect situation that should have landed me in really horrible oh, consequences, yeah. right? But yet it didn't happen. Somehow you got out of it, you got through it, you know, you got whatever. And then as the time comes, you see how God used that, you know, to his glory. Right. And you're like, that's why, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. You're All 31. right. The what? 31. Oh, yeah. I was going to read, I was going to start in 33. Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> Many among the crowds at the temple believed in him. After all, they said, would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man has done? <laughs> when the Pharisees heard that the crowds were whispering such things, they and the leading priests sent temple guards to arrest Jesus. But Jesus told them, I will be with you only a little while longer. Then I will return to the one who sent me. You will search for me, but not find me. And you cannot go where I am going. The Jewish leaders were puzzled by this statement. Where is he planning to go, they asked. Is he thinking of leaving the country and going to the Jews and other lands? Maybe he will even teach the Greeks. What does he mean when he says, you will search for me but not find me, and you cannot go where I am going? On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood up and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. When the crowds heard him say this, some of them declared, Surely this man is the prophet we've been expecting. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others said, But he can't be. Will the Messiah come from Galilee? For the clip, the scriptures clearly state that the Messiah will be born of the royal line of David in Bethlehem, the village where King David was born. So the crowd was divided about him. Some even wanted him arrested, but no one laid a hand on him. When the temple guards returned without having arrested Jesus, the leading priests and Pharisees demanded, Why didn't you bring him in? We've never heard anyone speak like this, the guards responded. Have you been led astray too, the Pharisees mocked? Is there a single one of us rulers or Pharisees who believes in him? This foolish crowd follows him, but they are ignorant of the law. God's curse is on them. <laughs> but they were ignorant of the law. They didn't, they didn't have the knowledge that the Pharisees did. They were a lot smarter than the average person, right? Well, that's what they thought. Verse 50, then Nicodemus, the leader who had met with Jesus earlier, spoke up. Is it legal to convict a man before he is given a hearing, he asked? They replied, are you from Galilee too? Search the scriptures and see for yourself. No prophet ever comes from Galilee. That's kind of funny because actually um, Jonah was from Galilee. Um, and I believe... Nah Elijah might have been from Galilee and probably Nahum. So three prophets from Galilee. So this was probably just an incitement because you notice how up above it said that they are ignorant of the law. Mm -hmm. So the Pharisees knew if they made a claim like that, it would just sound smart and that nobody would question it. As in, no prophet comes from Galilee. 
you know, they're like, well, they knew that they thought that they were ignorant to the law, so they wouldn't know that, okay, yes, indeed, there, probably, there was like three different prophets possibly from the same place that Jesus was from. Well, and besides the fact that that's not where he was born. Right, and that's so. not where he was born anyway, right? <laughs> he right. Was born there just because he's lived right, there. Right, just, he's... yeah. Well, because that. it's funny because when you read through the Old Testament prophecies, born in Bethlehem, called out of Egypt, like you, you see all these different things and you're like, how can one person be born one place? Mm-hmm. Because, but then you see he was born in Bethlehem. But then they fled to Egypt after his dad received the dream that the baby, you know, was going to be killed. Then he lives in Galilee. So it's like he he perfectly fulfilled all of these various things as a baby and a child, you know, with all of this happening. And um, it's getting really stormy outside. And uh, so he perfectly checked off all of those things. But when you're reading it in the Old Testament, these prophecies, you're like, how can the Messiah come from all of these different places? We're having wow. the most gnarly storm right now. Like, yeah, sorry. It like just picked up out of nowhere. pretty crazy. I'll go ahead and just mention this because this is probably in everybody else's Bible that has um, John 7, 53 through 8, 11 are not included in the original Greek manuscripts to this. Although it is included in the KJV, which really cracks me up because they are so, so stringent. It doesn't mean that this story about Jesus isn't true. It just means that John didn't originally include it in the original version. It was added on later. So it is probably a true story. There's nothing that's doctrinally incorrect with it. There's nothing that isn't, that does not, um, you know, fit in with the rest of scripture, obviously. But just noting that because it does, there's a, I know in, is it in your paper Bible there? It's like, it shows in brackets that it really wasn't, so... Not that that that's a that's a caution for a lot of a lot of people that want to talk bad about the Bible or that want to talk uh, bad about certain Bible versions. That's usually one of these triggering factors that they go off of first, but it's nonsense. So verse fifty three. Then the meeting broke up and everyone went home. We're gonna go ahead and go into chapter eight because this one's a little bit short. So this actually might end up being a little bit long. So chapter 8, verse 1. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. The crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with a woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. 
because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you're making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. But I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect, because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father? they asked. Jesus answered, Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury, but he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Later Jesus said to them again, I am going away. You will search for me, but you will die in your sin. You cannot come where I am going. The people asked, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean you can't come where I'm going? Jesus continued, you are from below. I am from above. You belong to this world. I do not. That is why I said you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Who are you? They demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father has taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. All right, now Jesus got kind of an idea of who believes in him and who doesn't. So in verse 31, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. And yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Abraham is our father, they declared. No, Jesus replied. If you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you were trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God, our, God himself is our true father. And Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what, I'm, what I am saying? Is it because you can't even hear me? 
for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the, the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you naturally, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. The people retorted, You Samaritan devil, didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. The people said, now we know you are possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died. But you say, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count, but it is my Father who will glorify me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him and obey him. Your Father rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and he was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say that you've seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. I love that because that is, again, that's from Exodus 3.14, the I am. Mm -hmm. the but I didn't, I didn't say much about this whole chapter because I didn't feel it necessary. I know Jesus has a pretty good little back and forth here with the Pharisees and he makes himself very very clear that this is they don't love him. They're going through the motions, they go through the practice, they love all the honor and glory that comes on them, but their hearts are completely far away from God. So much to so that they can't even hear him. They don't even know who is right in front of him. They are they are sitting there. These are these are people that know the law. They know Isaiah very well. They know all of the old school prophets very very well. Well, it's not old school at this point. Well, yeah, it would have been old school. Um, old school prophets that that were looking and pointing towards the future fulfillment of this Messiah, and they should have been paying attention and looking. But no, they are from the world. They were not. They were. They were looking and paying attention to their own interests, and not looking for God. All right, that was chapter seven and eight. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is going to be a super quick one today. I wasn't expecting it to be this quick, but yes, thirty minutes is probably pretty good though for some people. All right, but guys. We'll, we'll be back.